Lift up your hearts and hear the Holy Gospel, written tonight in the second chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. In those days, a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus to all the world to be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All went down to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver the child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of a great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. May God bless to us the reading of his holy word. I've been very excited to spend my Christmas Eve with you in church. And I was thinking about all the lights that we would be seeing tonight. I thought about that when we were lighting the candles. And I thought about that when I saw the lights outside the church. And I thought about that when my wife and I were driving on the road and we saw the beautiful light from the kind of the twilight as the sun was just starting to go down on the horizon. And, you know, it reminded me that when God created the world and all that exists, the Bible says in Genesis that God created light on the first day of creation. And God said that the light was good. Here's the way it's written in Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept across the waters. And God saw that there needed to be light, and he said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good and separated the light from the darkness. But you know, God wasn't done on that first day of creation with light because the Bible also says on the fourth day, God said this, let there be lights in the sky. These lights will separate the days from the nights. They will be used for signs to show when special meetings begin and to show the days and the years. There will be, they will be in the sky to shine light on the earth. And it happened. So God made two large lights, the larger light to rule during the day and the smaller night, 
smaller light to rule during the night, and he also made all the stars. Adults, don't you think that fourth day of creation must have been something? To make the lights in the sky and all of the stars across millions and millions and millions of miles and to give the world the light that we need. So light was very important from the very beginning of the world. God knew we would need it, and God even notes that the lights show when special meetings begin, when church is ready to happen, and it's the way in which we measure our days and our years. Now, how many of you need light to find your way around? Can you raise your hands? I do. You ever turn on a light in a room at night so you can see what you're doing? You don't? How about if you're outside in the middle of the night, did you ever use a flashlight? No? Did you ever hope that the moon was going to shine brightly when you were walking down a dark driveway? Yeah? Sometimes by the light of the moon, I bet. And it's familiar to you? Oh, good. Good. Well, most of us need light to find our way around. You think about how many kinds of light God endowed the world with. Not only the sun and the moon, but just imagine campfires. I think about campfires from my time at Camp Calumet up here in Ossipee, New Hampshire. Torches, oil lamps, electric lights, and so many different kinds of lights, like the ones we're going to use a little later, glow sticks and candles. God made light a part of the world for people. And every place you go in the world, you can find light. And you know what? Despite all these kinds of lights to show us what we needed to see about our world, God knew we needed more light. So in just the way we needed it, he created and set in motion the process that would create a book. And the book, of course, is the Bible. And the Bible shines a different kind of light. It shines two kinds of lights. One to light up the places and things that we go so we can see them better. And it also illuminates the kind of relationship God wants us to have with him. The writer of Psalm 119 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. And despite that, God knew we even needed more light. So at just the right time, he sent Jesus. Jesus is the light Isaiah foretold many years ago. And Jesus said during his ministry, I am the light of the world. It not only lights up the world for us to see, but it's also the kind of light that lights up ourselves. Imagine that. It helps us see that kindness is better than being mean, that patience is better than being quick-tempered, that being respectful is better than being rude, and most of all, that love is better than hate. In fact, the light of Jesus is so powerful in our world that people all over are talking about it. I sometimes think of it as a light for our hearts and our minds, 
It's the light that our glow sticks and our candles represent tonight at our church service. Now, I made something out of lights today. I made a heart, and I made it so that it would remind us that God sent a light to help us see ourselves better. Who can see, who can see the shape of the heart? Can you, right around the outside there? You can? Good. And a little bit later on, um, I would like it very much if we were able to light up my candles as part of our candle lighting tonight. And I would like it very much if at the end of church, after I've walked down the aisle with these candles in the shape of a heart, I'll be at the back right back there, and each of you could take one of these home as a reminder of what we've learned about light tonight. And you can put it in a special place while your family observes Christmas Eve. And if we turn it on, it's going to look like this. Would that be okay? And if there are any candles left over after the kids have had a chance to take one, the rest of you grown-up kids would be welcome if you have the opportunity to share those. All right? Now, girls, you look like you are pretty experienced at turning switches on and off, are you? Yeah? So when we start the candle lighting here at church, can you come up? and help me by turning on all of these candles, and then our heart will be all lit up, okay? And I would really appreciate that. I'm going to leave that right on the front pew for you so that you can do that. And thank all of you for coming up, and I will see you at the end of church so you can take one of the candles home with you for Christmas Eve. All right? Thank you very much. And that's what our lights are really about in church tonight. Not one light to illuminate the world, but two. One light, kind of light, to illuminate the world, and another kind of light to illuminate ourselves and the kind of people that we can be, the kind of people that we can aspire to be, the kind of people God hopes us to be especially on Christmas. Our first lesson tonight is taken from the Old Testament prophet of Isaiah, the ninth chapter. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who live in a land of deep darkness on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a 
Son given to us. Authority rests upon His shoulders, and He is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and His kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Here ends the lesson. You probably heard this when you were young, but not likely from a sermon that sprung. Every who down in Whoville like Christmas alliance. But the Grinch who lived north of Whoville did not. That Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one knows the real reason. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was too sizes, too small. But whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve, disliking the Who's, staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown as the warm lighted windows below in their town. He knew every Who down in Whoville beneath was busy now hanging a hooly-hoo wreath. And they're hanging their stockings, he sneered with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. Then he growled with his grinch fingers, nervously drumming, I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Well, for the who's down in Whoville, he took away their presence. And much to his surprise, every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came. Just the same. Don't let a heart that is small steal your Christmas away. Don't let your heart be two sizes too small. Second reading from the book of Titus, the second chapter. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify for himself a people of his own, who are zealous for good deeds. Here is the reading. 
began, said Nancy, because her husband, over the years, had come to dislike the frantic rush of the holiday season and the panic that resulted from the pressure he felt of giving gifts that were more out of desperation than anything else. And it got to the point where that anxiety made it a dreary affair for the whole family. But when their son was 12, he joined the school wrestling team and competed against a team that was not from too far away. While his team all had matching uniforms and brand new wrestling shoes for the season, their competitors had shoes that were held together with duct tape, ratty uniforms, and shared just two headgear among all of them. And worse, they lost every single match. Afterward, Nancy's husband, Mike, shook his head sadly. I wish at least one of them could have won, he said. They have a lot of potential, but losing like that and looking like that, that could take the heart right out of them. Mike was a father who enjoyed coaching Little League football and baseball and lacrosse. And that's when Nancy's idea for a new approach to Christmas giving came. That afternoon, she went to the local sporting goods store and bought a gift certificate for wrestling apparel and headgear. And then she sent it anonymously to the coach of the team that her son's school had just defeated. And on Christmas Eve, she placed a small white envelope on the Christmas tree with a note inside telling Mike that this was his gift this year for Christmas. She said it changed everything for him. Ever since then, the white envelope on the tree became a highlight of their Christmas. It was always the last thing that they opened on Christmas morning, and the children would stand in wide-eyed anticipation as their dad lifted the envelope from the tree to reveal its contents. All through the years, the white envelope that contained the unexpected news of a gift for someone you knew made such a difference. I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. For you was born this day in the city of David, the Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Don't let an attitude steal away your Christmas. Lift up your hearts and hear the Holy Gospel from the second chapter of the Gospel of Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, 
The time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them to be Ron and his sister Rainy rode everywhere together on their small, hand-me-down bikes from their cousins. For several weeks, Ron had asked his dad to buy him a new, faster bike. But his dad finally said that he couldn't do that and Ron would have to earn the money to buy it himself. Well, Ron wanted one so much that he mowed lawns, washed cars, shoveled snow, and even against his better judgment, he weeded two of his neighbors' gardens. Finally, he had earned enough money, and his dad took him to buy his dream bike. Now he could ride all over town and fast. But his sister seldom went with him. She couldn't keep up. Imagine his surprise when Christmas came. Rainy got a brand new bike, just like his, gears and all. Ron didn't say anything about that, but he wasn't very happy about it at all. After a few days of watching him pout, his dad finally pulled him aside. Hey, Ron, is everything okay? It's not fair, Ron whined. I worked for my bike, all those jobs I had to do. I worked so hard. And then Rainy gets a brand new bike as soon as I made that final payment. And she didn't have to do anything for hers. His dad smiled back at Ron and said, she didn't have to do anything for it because it's not really for her. And he left the room. What did that mean, Ron thought? He didn't want the bike. It had that girly bar that sloped down to the ground in a seat that only a girl could like, Ron would never ride it. And he couldn't take it back because he'd ridden every day since Christmas, even though it was winter. Just chalk it up to Dad, he thought. But it was only later when it occurred to him that once again, he and Rainy were going places together. And back to being best friends doing it. Now that Rainy had her new bike, she was happier than ever being able to join in the fun. And truth be told, so was he. It sure took a while, but maybe his dad had something there. Don't let the air out of your parents that Christmas The Gospel from Luke 2. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, 
who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. May God bless to us the reading of his holy word. Please be seated. And so the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And then the true meaning of Christmas came true. And the Grinch found the strength of ten Grinches. The Grinch thought that he had taken Christmas away. All to do now was wait and hear the weeping and the wailing from Whoville. Instead of hearing the weeping, he hears the singing. And in that moment, the Grinch realizes there is something more to Christmas than the toys from the store. And we see his heart grow three sizes because of the who's faith and joy that positively changed the Grinch. Joy, when it flows out of a relationship with God, is contagious. Christmas joy reaches beyond ourselves. True joy, shared at the Christmas season, heals wounds. Men's hearts brings happiness. For Christians, after all, joy is an acronym. J for Jesus, O for others, Y for you. Christmas is a time to draw together to rediscover the joy that God intends for us to live with. It's a time for your heart to grow. This Christmas is the time to rejoice and be filled with joy. Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David the Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This is the way Christmas came, just the same. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us at htelc.com. And don't forget, 
you are loved.